everyone, welcome back to another episode of Pod on You Loons. This is Sam. How are we all doing today? Pod on You Loons. This is James. I'm very good, Sam. It's uh, just two of us again. Yeah, Justin on vacation. I was on vacation a couple of weeks ago. Justin is now in the UP, I think. I think he said he's in the UP. Like growing up in Wisconsin, I had gone to every state that bordered me, right? Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois. I had reached all of those states pretty early in my life. Uh, Michigan, I did not make it to until I was at least 30. Not much experience in Michigan. And even then, I just flew into Detroit for work for a few days. So I've never been to the UP where Justin is now. James, I can't imagine you've been to the UP. No, I don't even know what the UP stands for, Sam. (laughs) Upper Peninsula. It's controversial because it looks like it should be part of Wisconsin and not part of Michigan, but it's part of Michigan. Oh, that like very top bit? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. But no, I haven't been there. You're right. (laughs) So anyway, Justin's probably having a great time there. It is 5 a.m. on the 4th of July. Happy Independence Day, America Day. Whatever yeah. you guys pull it now. <laughs> yeah. Amazon had a nice little mix playlist called Celebrate America. I turned it on yesterday. Kid Rock was on with the first song. I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one. And my daughter and I rocked out to it for a little bit while we were waiting for the loons to come on. The reason we're recording so early today is I'm heading up to my wife's aunt and uncle's cabin. So we'll spend the day up there and have a good time, come on back for tomorrow, but figured we'd get this recording out of the way early. So I feel like a morning show host right now, James. <laughs> I know it's like light for me when we're recording. This is, this is new. Well, let's, should we get into it? Yeah, I was just going to say, let's <laughs> get into it. We do have some Minnesota United news. So, well, first this one came in late, late last night. Let's start off with the best news. Hassani Dotson, not only did he get his contract extended sometime recently, I forget. Yeah. Two weeks ago. But now he's engaged. He got engaged at Allianz Field last night. So congratulations, Hassani. That is awesome. Congrats. Yeah. I'm not sure. Did you catch that? I did not, actually. That's uh, that's a that was a surprise to me. James watches things on replay a lot when we have these late night games and Yeah, on the broadcast, kind of as everything's winding down, you just see someone come out, the girl standing there, and you see someone come out and get on one knee, and you're like, whoa, that's Asani. Oh, yeah, I'm watching it right now. There you go. Aw, that's cute. Also, his Instagram tag was, I liked it, so I put a ring on it. (laughs) Classic. Yep, gotta love it. But more news, and actually... This kind of involves Hassani Dotson in a not so positive way as well. But the Gold Cup rosters have been released. Dane St. Clair has been called up to represent Canada in the Gold Cup. But Hassani Dotson and Chase Gasper were both not selected to represent the USA on a mostly MLS-based Gold Cup roster. So that's a bit of a bummer. Of course, we'll be cheering on Dane St. Clair for Canada, but... Yeah, I was a bit. Uh, I was a bit disappointed actually. I really thought Hassani Dodson would make it. I mean, I th- I thought Chase Gasper was an outside chance, but I really thought Hassani would be in that squad. So, no bit disappointing. Yeah, I I would say so too. And 
I'm not a huge U.S. men's national team fan for when they're in these smaller tournaments. And yes, I consider the Gold Cup a smaller tournament. Hassani Dotson being on the team definitely makes me more likely to watch uh, as I was during the Olympic run or the Olympic qualifying run. I was much more likely to watch those games because of Hassani and he, he performed well before he was hurt. So it's a bummer, especially given that, right, it's mostly MLS players. There's a couple of scattered names that are in Europe, but it's not the Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney's, Christian Pulisic's, like those guys aren't on the roster. Felt like Asani could have been on it, but hey. That's also like wild to me. It's like when you're playing as a national team, you don't add like all of your stars. Like you're just like, ah, Gold Cup's like not super important. So we'll leave like all the major people out and we'll just like include the kind of second tier. I mean, normally. One and a half tier. So I think it was because, so for the, Nations League, they did have the Weston McKinney's, the Christian Pulisic's, the Zach Steffens. Like, they had all those guys Yeah, for the Nations League final. And they won, right? They won it. Um, It wasn't long after the Champions League final that Christian Pulisic was able to lift the Nations League final trophy. So they prioritized that one, I think, because of the calendar. I think the big Europe clubs didn't want to release the players for for this one and I think the players didn't really want to go. So it yeah, that that's why, but yeah, fair enough. I don't know. We we have some people listening that probably watch every Gold Cup match and that's great. Like I have good friends that watch the Gold Cup and get really excited about the Gold Cup. I typically don't until it gets later in the tournament when they play Mexico or Costa Rica or something like that. Jamaica. Jamaica has been good entertainment in the Gold Cup. And then another bit of news. Last Wednesday, Minneapolis City deleted. Deleted. (laughs) Well, they did delete if you think about it. (laughs) It's 5 a.m. Last Wednesday, (laughs) Minneapolis City defeated Duluth FC 6-1 to clinch their third consecutive North Conference title. That is now 10 straight wins with a plus 34 goal differential. The remaining regular season games are July 10th versus Joy Athletic and July 16th versus or at Med City FC. Forward Madison, they were able to defeat New England Revolution 2 1 0 on Wednesday. They are currently in fifth place within the 13 team USL League One. So that is what we have for news. Sorry, go ahead. Quick, quick, quick question with the uh, Minneapolis City. Uh, winning their third consecutive North Conference title. Is there a step up from that? Like, is there another conference they can go to? Or North Conference is like, that's just, that's it. Yeah, North Conference, that is it. I don't know a lot about Minneapolis City. You know, our our friend Jeremy Rushing of 10K could probably tell you way more. Or our friend Nate, who is the leader of the supporters group, could probably tell you way more. I don't know much about Minneapolis City. I don't even totally know where they go for the playoffs now because winning the conference means you qualify for the playoffs. Yeah. I don't even totally understand that format. I know that they're now going to be put into a bracket or a pool with other teams. I don't know when that is. I don't know how that is. But as far as like a higher league, I think they would have to apply for a higher league. Now, given that they are all amateur players, 
mm. that is more significant right. than it maybe sounds because they couldn't just, I think that the pathway for them to get to USL League One or to NISA would probably be, I'm sure those leagues would want them, but they would have to completely redo the way that they do things. They wouldn't be able to have amateur players anymore. Yeah, that would be like semi-pro, right? Well, USL League One and um, NISA, I believe those, I know USL League One is fully professional. I believe NISA is too. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, interesting. Maybe we'll ask the guys next time we have them on. Yeah, have to do that. But that's all for news. Let's get into San Jose, which was last night. So at the time of recording, not that long ago, basically, (laughs) I watched it, went to bed, woke up, and here we are. First of all, Jan Gregish and Yuka Ritalia, both back with the teams from the Euros. Robin Lud not back yet as he seeks to acquire his green card. Ramon Metnair also out of the country trying to get his green card finalized. This is significant for the team because all MLS clubs have a limited number of international spots. Players on a green card do not take up an international spot. If you're interested in finding out more of this, go back to almost the beginning of Pot on You Loons. <laughs> and Justin and I, in like the early days of COVID, recorded an episode called Fun with Finance, where we tried to make sense of the MLS roster rules. I haven't looked back at that what at that episode pretty much since we recorded it. So I have no clue if it's good or not. Um, that was relatively early on when we had started a podcast and then the whole world went to hell. So, yep. Fair enough. <laughs> but no, having, uh, having players not take up international spots is, uh, is always good. Yeah. Just gives us more options. We can bring in more players from uh, outside. We can uh, make our team better. Yeah. So, uh, we lined up in the classic 4-2-3-1. We had uh, Miller in goal, Ritalia on the right, just like he was playing at the Euros. Uh, Boxy, Debasi, and Chase Gasper. Uh, midfield, we had Dodson and Will Trapp. Attacking midfield, we had Nico Hansen on the right, uh, Reynoso, and then Franco Fragapane on the left. And then up, up top, we had uh, Adrian Onu. And we had... Five subs throughout the game. We have five subs. Well, record. It might be. It might be for Adrian Heath, but I mean, at halftime, he wanted to sub off everyone. He even said that. We'll get to that yeah. in a little bit. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, sometimes you need to uh, to go ham. But should we get into uh, the timeline? Have a run through. Yeah, I'll give you guys a give you guys a timeline because from a, I, I will say, watching this, it was a fun game to watch. Um, first half was a f- frustrating half, but just right. We watch these games to be entertained and this very much was an entertaining game to watch. It ended up as a two, two draw, which I think we all know by now. I don't <laughs> think, I don't think many people are <laughs> listening to put on you loons to hear everything that happens. I think most of you at very least check the score line before Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, before giving us the play, but two two draw, but I gotta say I was pretty entertained the entire time. In the fifteenth minute, Baki Debasi makes a critical error. Uh tries to pass back to Tyler Miller, but Christian Espinoza takes the ball and is able to get it to seventeen year old American Cade Cowell for his fourth goal of the season. 
I don't know, rare mistake from Baki Debasi. That is not like him. He took ownership over it right away, which I always appreciate when a player does that. Yep. But that really put us, as Michael Boxall would say, in the sugar honey iced tea. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, uh, it didn't look good. I can say that, Ed. Yeah, I mean, he owned up to it. Things happen, mistakes happen. Uh, yeah, we were one nil down. Right. It it was an error. It was an yeah. error. And I know, right, like in baseball, you an error is a stat, right? The things that you're expected to be able to do and you just, <laughs> for whatever reason or another, you can't do them. This was that. Like it, it should have been such a routine pass to Tyler Miller, but he, I don't know if he just didn't have enough urgency on it. And Roger, or not Roger Espinoza, Christian Espinoza was able to get in. Yeah, total brain fart or just not taking the competition seriously. I don't know. But not like Baki Debasi. I, I mean, I heard the word uh, laxadaisial yep. thrown around the uh, thrown around the commentary once or twice. Yeah, I, I was going to say. I think that might have been their most said word in the first half. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. But then it didn't get much better. Twenty ninth minute, Michael Boxall gets subbed off for uh, Brent Coleman. Boxy took a hit somewhere around the left hip. Uh, hopefully, he's all right but he is uh, done for Minnesota United until after the Olympics. He's yeah, to which, New Zealand. That is a bummer. I knew the Olympics were coming up, but I didn't realize he had to leave so soon. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, quarantining, and they're talking about uh, like how much athletes will get quarantined when they head over to Tokyo. Uh, everyone's going to have to be like quarantined for like 10 days or two weeks or something, and then everyone's separated. And yeah, it's really, uh, it's really full on. Yeah, we can uh, we can talk about the Olympics a little bit closer, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's a bit crazy going on over there. Now, in stoppage time, this was the highlight of the first half. It was the only highlight of the first half for Minnesota <laughs> United. After a corner kick, Fregapane attempts a bicycle kick, but the ball goes to Brent Coleman, who somehow on a second touch he is able to just squeeze that goal in. If you haven't seen this goal yet, you gotta go. You gotta go look at it and. I would suggest going on Twitter because there is a video going around where it's not necessarily a great image of the ball going into the net, but it someone in the in the stands opposite of the Wonder Wall had a had their camera out and got a video of Coleman kicking the ball. And you, you just see Coleman right there and you see how little space he actually had, the angle that he had to get that ball in. I don't even know. Maybe he was trying to cross the ball instead of having it go in. We'll just say he was trying to, we'll just say that he meant to do that. Um, but it is, it is a wonderful goal. It was an exciting goal and the loons go into the half one, one. Yeah. I mean, watching that back, I still have no idea to right at this moment, how he got that in. Like it was the most ridiculous angle and he just somehow turns his hips and like scoops this ball past the keeper. But uh, hey, I mean, Fragapane with the bicycle kick, that was cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess one thing I would say about the first half is that, I mean, it wasn't a great half of football by Minnesota United, but chances were created. And who knew and Fragapane did look, did look dangerous. Adrian Heath did go into the locker room at halftime very upset. This was very apparent. 
uh, to Callum and Kendra on the commentary. They knew they announced it to everyone. And then Adrian Heath comes out for his little pre second half interview and he's still fuming. Adrian Heath said that the first 30 minutes were as poor as he's seen all year, which that, I mean, that includes, right. We had an awful start to the year with four losses in a row. So for Adrian Heath to say that those 30 minutes were the worst he's seen all year is really saying a lot. He made two changes at the half and said he could have made more. Those changes were DJ Taylor for Yuka Retalia and Ramon. <laughs> James, you do it. Abila. Abila. For, for Nico, Nico Hansen. Yep. So, man, why do you think Heath was so upset? What were you seeing? And I'm thinking about those players, but also about the other players that Heath said that he could have taken off as well. What do you think he was seeing that he didn't like? Well, I mean, both of those changes are on the right-hand side. So clearly he's looking at how you know we're playing down the right or how we're playing down the wing, what the, what the ball to the middle looks like. And he's clearly not happy with the ball movement and kind of how we're taking it from defense into attack and trying to pull it into the box. He said he could have taken other players off. I'm assuming that might have also been like the other side as well, or maybe even some of the some of the midfield. I just don't think there was enough creativity and kind of spark there. And I think that's why he had a good yell at them and then uh, pulled a couple of people. I mean, Yuka played amazing for Finland <laughs> through three games and then gets benched at halftime. So uh, I would assume it's probably something to do with, yeah, maybe even jet lag or just, coming off all those games. Yeah, it was pretty obvious during the game that more was happening on the left side. Chase Gasper was definitely more involved in the offense than Yuka was on the opposite side. More more was just coming down the left, which, right, this is Minnesota United. We're used to the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but the left was a much more productive side of the field for us. Checking in on the passing maps on, on the ML... MLS app, you can check in on the passing map and kind of see where things are happening. I looked at it right after the half, and sure enough, there wasn't much going on on the right side compared to the left. I also noticed that like there there were some awkward moments where Nico and Franco were both of them were supposed to be on the wing and they were more or less occupying the same part of the field in the center. And Right. Like we've seen this in the past where we mean to do that. Right. Like Reynoso, Molino, Lud kind of worked into the game plan. There have been times where they have switched spots a little bit more flawlessly and <laughs> and make sure that they're you know keeping their space while they're switching around the field. We have seen that in the past, um, but there were a couple of times where Franco and Nico in particular were more or less just occupying the same central part of the field which I'm guessing that Adrian Heath was not cool about. So, Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something to yell about, I think. Probably some diagrams uh, <laughs> as well. <laughs> like, big X's over the middle of the field, like, don't both go here. I mean, this I is probably one time where, like, the middle, like, uh, a halftime interview actually gives some good insight. Because I know a lot of people don't really like the halftime interview. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think um, having your coach show that he's... Uh, willing to uh, change everything is uh, is good. Well, when you have 
a question that you have for Adrian Heath that you want answered. And I, I've said this before, and I'll say it a million times. Adrian Heath, in terms of just a coach that you interview when you want information, it, it doesn't get much better than Adrian Heath because he'll just tell you. <laughs> you know, he didn't tell us exactly what he was peed about, but he did tell us that he was peed and right. Like he gave us a little bit of information about it. And I'll, I'll say going into the second half, the team did look different. The team was more lethal on offense. A goal seemed like it was inevitable uh, <laughs> based on the pressure and the chances that were being created on offense. Hanu was getting in there. Fragapane was getting in there. It was very entertaining to start the half. It was very threatening to start the half. And it it just, it felt like one of those soccer games where you're just like, oh my God, we got to score. We got to score. But you just worried that you wouldn't because <laughs> that's, that's how cruel soccer can be sometime. Luck turned around though in the 69th minute. Chase Gasper was able to draw a penalty through VAR. Abela takes it and it is saved by Markinowski. Abela falls through, though, and he gets that deflection off the goalkeeper. It is now 2-1 Minnesota United, but there was a little bit of controversy over the VAR. Now, it was pretty clear and obvious that Chase Gasper drew a penalty because Judson pretty much ran him over. <laughs> Just ran right through him as Chase, like, cut back. But then you see in the broadcast, and you're actually able to see what what the official was looking at and the official didn't didn't spend much time looking at chase gasper getting ran over he's going a couple of seconds earlier because there was contact between abela and and uh, uh it was christian espinoza again where yeah. christian espinoza gets on the ground i guess that wasn't clear and obvious enough to clear out the penalty for Minnesota United because the penalty was awarded. James, were you able to see that at all? Yeah, they didn't show too much of the of the the foul beforehand. Sure. To be honest. They really focused on the the tackle itself, which was definitely a penalty. Um, there's uh you know there's no arguments about that. But I also saw that uh, Jeremy Rushing uh, posted on Twitter that it's uh, you know it's late and somewhere Christian Espinosa is still yelling at the referee about the penalty decision. So <laughs> I mean, he was mad. Yeah. He was he was really mad, and I'm guessing right, like it has to be linked to what happened just seconds prior. Um, he did get a yellow card for it though, um, for all his arguing. I thought his arguing was excessive considering that the official already went to VAR and we know that the official was looking exactly <laughs> at what happened. So I, I don't know, like maybe that's my teacher perspective, right? Where sometimes you see kids arguing about things and I'm not trying to compare uh, Christian Espinosa to being a child or like that. Please don't get mad at me. Please don't get mad at me about that. But uh, honestly, kids act like adults in many ways. You'll, you'll hear teachers say that a lot, but as a teacher, you get kids arguing with you about things that you're just like, this is a done deal. Like, this <laughs> yeah. isn't changing. Like, <laughs> this is non-negotiable. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry if it's not fair. I'm sorry if you don't like it. But this isn't changing. Like, at this point, this is what it is. Like, let's just move on with our day. Uh, that was what it kind of felt like for Christian Espinoza. I, 
totally get right. Like passionate game, close game. And and that put Minnesota United in the lead. So I totally get where his frustration came from, but I'm sure that he wishes that uh, he, he wishes that he didn't commit that yellow by just excessive arguing with the ref. Yeah. But uh, I mean, we, we did look good, you know, in, um, in the second half and 74th minute, we, we swap Aussie for uh, Unu. Right. And then. Well, and just before we move on to that, when Abela comes in, Hanu kind of Hanu kind of shifted for the wing. Abela was up higher in the field than Hanu. But still, Hanu was heavily involved with the attack. So you take off one of your most lethal attackers. Ozzy comes in. You kind of get the feeling that you're shutting down shop for the night. This is Minnesota United. Minnesota United doesn't allow a lot of goals. I was pretty comfortable at this point. The Bucks were on TV. I had I had the <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks on my laptop at this time, and I actually started to have my attention shift a little bit to the Milwaukee Bucks at this point, kind of with the feeling that, hey, our work here is done. We just need to wind this one down. We've seen it time and time again. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. No, and in the 82nd minute, Kikanovic squeezes in between DJ Taylor and Will Trapp shoots a ball past Brett Coleman and uh, goes straight over Miller's head and to the back of the net. And it's two all, which is frustrating. I mean, we looked a better team in the second half. We had, I think, like four clear goal-scoring opportunities that we we fluffed. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, you know, we had 16 shots with five on target, which is a good ratio for the Loons. It could obviously be better, but, I mean... Compared to what we started the season at, I think that's a much better ratio. And they had seven shots and only three on target. So three on target and they scored twice, which is disappointing. And we had 61% of possession. They had 39%. And we started to wind down. We put Aussie in, like you said. So I think, yeah, it's disappointing. I think when you're in a position where you're winning and you should be further ahead to, to to get a draw, especially at home, is frustrating. And then, you know, 86th minute, Jan Gregush comes on for World Trap. Gregush again, didn't do much in the Euros, came off the bench a bit. Same here, comes off the bench late. But uh, yeah, we end at uh, two all draw, which is frustrating. But you can't win every game. Yeah. So how disappointed should we be with a 2 2 draw in this game? And let, let's keep in mind, like San Jose had been struggling prior to this game. I think they had just fired their general manager. I know Matias Almeida, their coach, is kind of in hot water. Like, how disappointed should we be in this two-two draw? I think, I think we should be, we should be somewhat disappointed because we were winning and we had a lot of good opportunities, and they are a team that you know is near the bottom of the the Western Conference. But I mean, those are the games we should be winning. But it's not like we lost, right? And we still came out with a point. But yeah, I think it's, especially when you're at home in the MLS, you have to get as many points at home as possible um, because away is always somewhat harder. So yeah, it's tough because we wanted to win. But at the end of the day, we didn't lose either. So we're right in the hunt. We're sixth. LAFC are fifth. We're on exactly the same points. They have a better goal difference. 
we're ahead of the Dynamo, we're on the same points, we have a game in hand, and we're one point behind Colorado, we have two games in hand. So, you know, we're, we're nestled nicely. But if I look at, you know, the Sounders are already on 25, Sporting Kansas City's already on 23, you know, those are the kind of games that we need to win if we're going to catch those guys. Yeah, and shoot, I forget if this was seven. We, we've gotten a result for the past seven games or eight games. Seven, yeah. Seven games, okay. So it's been seven games since our four-game losing streak. We've had four wins and three draws. Which, that that's good, right? Like, I'll, I'll take that all season long if we can keep keep that form up. I guess the other thing I think is that we probably should have drawn in Portland, but we got all three points. We probably should have won tonight, but we only got one point. So I don't know. Soccer is a cruel game sometimes because it's low scoring. Those goals mean so much. And this happens. I've watched enough Premier League, right? Like I've watched, <laughs> I've watched yep. Chelsea lose to Southampton enough, right? Like I've watched, <laughs> <laughs> I've watched Arsenal have like 65% possession and still lose, you know? Right. I've watched, I have Chelsea, shots. <laughs> I've watched Chelsea lose to Arsenal enough, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> it happens, but I mean, I hope that that doesn't come back to bite us as uh, our next games. Yeah. We have Colorado on the road, the Sounders at home, Portland at home and LAFC on the road. So we got four games against top competition. I mean, only Portland is below us, but we're playing first, fourth, fifth, and eighth, right? Now I'm hoping that because we had a draw here, it doesn't cost us when when we should have had a win. Because the Sounders is going to be tough, man. Colorado is going to be tough. Yeah. LAFC is going to be tough, right? And the Timbers are going to come to come to Allianz and uh, and want revenge. So it's uh, it's a tough stretch at the moment. And Colorado is an altitude game. James, do you guys have do you guys have a city in Europe that's known for its altitude that your sports teams have to travel to? I'm trying to think, would any of the big five leagues have a have a team that makes Europe that has some altitude to it? I don't think so. I don't really think so. The only one I could think of would be like somewhere in Germany might have altitude, but yeah, maybe maybe in the Europa League when you have to go to Switzerland or something like that, maybe. Yeah, Switzerland would like Austria as well would have mountains. Sure. Um, yeah, most of it's relatively relatively flat. Okay. Um, but yeah, I know for example Colorado is really like yeah all the way up. <laughs> I, I was struggling my, I was probably 23 years old and my, one of my college roommates moved to Denver and we, we fly there and it's, <laughs> it's a hot summer day. We fly there and my college roommate like immediately takes me to a brewery. And when I should have been chugging waters, I had two beers and then we walked around Denver and it was a very hot day and I just got dehydrated like bad. And then that pretty much ruined my next day. I just, the altitude was too much for me. And then, then I got a little bit used to it, hydrated up, drank <laughs> a lot of Gatorade and I was feeling much better, but yeah, that altitude, it gets you. Yeah. I mean, highest altitude we have in Europe is, let me, uh, let me do some con conversion. 
for our American viewers. 6,500 feet above sea level. I don't know exactly what Denver or Salt Lake City are at, but Denver and Salt Lake City would be the two. Anyway, let's uh, let's just kind of keep going. I have one more uh, question Denver, for you. Oh, sorry. Denver is Denver is five thousand two hundred. Okay. So, uh, but you know, it's an amateur team in Switzerland, so no one ever actually plays there. That's the, <laughs> that's the other problem. Also, I want to point out as we've come to the end of uh, talking about this game that I'm not the only one who confuses Alliance. Uh, Chase Gasper. <laughs> Chase Gasper, in uh, his post-game interview, talked about uh, Alliance Arena. I, I <laughs> which... thought of you when that happened. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm not the only one who thinks I, that we play in Germany sometimes. I don't know if the listeners know this. I gave, for my trivia hobby, I create trivia. And I had a special round around St. Patrick's Day where I took what were supposed to be the top 10 cities in the world for St. Patrick's Day. And I put um, an image of from each city celebrating St. Patrick's Day and had people identify what city that was. Well, for Munich, I put a picture of the Allianz Arena lit up in green and James replied to it saying, oh, that's St. Paul. <laughs> like, not, not quite, <laughs> not quite. That uh, That's a little place called Munich, uh, a little team called... Bayern Munich plays there. You've maybe heard of them if you ever watched the Bundesliga, the Champions League. But yep. So I'm glad I'm not. Uh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. It's okay, Chase. I'm in good company. Yep. But yes, you had questions for me. Yeah, I just wanted to ask. I really liked what I saw from Ramon Abelo today. Do we need to see more of this guy? I think so. I think that was that was a really nice nutmeg. That he also uh, had a shot on goal that that missed as well. Yeah, and I think that was the one where then Hassani was almost able to get a nice rebound. But yeah, there was uh, there was some there was some good looking shots out there, and I think I think we actually have a good problem at the moment where we have quite a few people up front who like are attacking front four. There's a lot of people that could fit into that four. And I think, I think it's a good problem to have, but I would like to see him start a few games as well. And obviously, Hanu is like, you know, our DP and, you know, super Frenchman. So he'd probably expect to start every game. But I wouldn't even mind seeing him on the wing a bit and having uh, Abila up front and then maybe like later on in the game, swapping it and putting Hanu up front. And Yeah, I, I really liked what I saw from Abila today. Right. The, the narrative we had previously heard was that he just wasn't 90 minutes fit. And we've also heard that just that's not what his role is supposed to be, that it doesn't seem like his role is supposed to be the starting striker. I guess Heath hasn't come out and said that, but but like given the moves that we've made, it, it seems like Avila is very it, it seems like he knows what his role is. It seems like Hanu knows what his role is. Hanu knows that he's the striker. He's the guy. Abela knows that he's the backup. And there seems to be a lot of comfort in that role. I don't know if Abela's fitness is ready for 90 minutes, right? He was coming back from injury out of Argentina. I know that he kind of gained a lot of fitness, though, once he got here. I forget how much yep. weight we heard he lost, but it sounded like he lost significant weight. 
He just, I got to say, he looked good. He looked really good. He provided more energy than I expected him to. I thought he was just going to kind of be the big guy uh, that, <laughs> that's there. And he definitely was a big, big target, right? Like we saw some great crosses from Reynoso go in. We saw some great passes from Reynoso to Abela. Uh, that relationship was really exciting to watch. So there definitely was a lot of him just being big and being in the box and close to the goal. There was a lot of that, but I just, I saw more energy out of him than I would have expected. I didn't see a lot of him tracking back. And I, I don't think that we necessarily needed to see him track back, but I don't know. I, I just, I liked it. I definitely liked it. I don't think I want to get too ahead of myself and say, oh, we got to, we got to work him into the lineup. We, we got to move things around so that he gets more playing time. I don't think I'm necessarily that far, but I really did like what I saw tonight or last night. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was good. I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see him like come off the bench and yeah, kind of make an impact and really, you know, really kind of change games for us. You know, and he scored and you know the rebound was quite lucky, just kind of popped into the open, could have gone anywhere. But yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's good. I'm excited to see more of him. So coming up, we have Monday, July fourth. So that is today. Right? That, that should be Sunday or Monday, July fifth. <laughs> I think it oh yeah. All right. Monday, July 5th, we have the US women's national team. So tomorrow playing Mexico again. Like they just played Mexico. So that is at 4 p.m. That appears to be the last friendly before the Olympics, which we are very excited to watch the US women's national team in the Olympics. But then our loons are back Wednesday, July 7th. At Colorado, that is an 8 p.m. game for those of you watching in Minnesota. For those of you watching from Europe, that's even later. And then, yeah, our our Euros are winding down, man. We yeah, have next, uh, next Sunday. It's the final. Yeah, we we had our pool. Our pool has been so much fun. Two of us are already eliminated. Two of us are still <laughs> in. So. Doomsday Jeremy, he has 39 points and no teams left. James, he has 55 points and he has England left. And basically, if England wins the final, James wins the pool. That is so. And then it's coming home. Yeah. If football comes home, James wins the pool. But if anything else happens, <laughs> if anything else happens, Justin's going to win because I have 37 points. I have Denmark left. But even if Denmark wins the final, I will lose the pool to Justin by one point because Justin already has 53 points, but he has Italy and Spain who play each other in the semifinals, which means that he is guaranteed to have a team in the final, which means that he is guaranteed at least 65 points. The most points I can have is 64. The only way Justin loses the pool is if England wins it all. Yep. And I mean, that's a genius strategy by Justin in the snake draft. Have fourth and fifth gets Italy and Spain and they carry him all the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that he knew that that was going to happen exactly that yep. way. Yep. Perfectly knew it. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, exciting. I'm, uh, I think by the time we record next time, the Euros will be done. Yeah, well, well, there's there's a chance. Yeah, we typically record either yeah. Sunday night or 
Monday night. So yeah, that's definitely a possibility that the next time we're talking, we're either really excited um, (laughs) (laughs) about football finally coming home or Justin will be excited if, if Spain or Italy win. Justin has been enjoying his teams and especially I can see that he's really enjoyed that he picked Italy. He was kind of lukewarm about picking both those teams and now they're both in the semifinal and one's making it to the final. Yeah. And I mean, if you're, uh, if you're Justin and I, we watch like every game and we're messaging each other constantly. And if you're Sam, you come back to a phone with 200 missed messages, (laughs) which is just Justin and I. (laughs) That did happen the other day. That did happen the other day. I try to put them on at work if I can, but it's just not always possible. Definitely this week with the semifinals, I'm going to do my best to at least have the games on a monitor, especially the England game, right? Like there's no way I'm not going to, there's no way I'm not going to be paying attention during that one, especially since that's, that's later in the day. Anyway, that's a two o'clock kickoff for us. So I don't know. I saw you got Carmen who, James's girlfriend, Carmen, is Dutch. You got her wearing an England shirt the other day. How how much convincing did you have to do to get that? Not much, actually. She okay. was uh, she was pretty there for it. Yeah, she watches all the games uh, with me as well. So, yeah, it, uh, it works out quite well. And now the Netherlands are no longer there. Well, it suits her if I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy <laughs> if England are winning. So, huh. works out quite well. Next time I go to the... Black and blue store. I might have to pick her up a loon shirt. She can watch. She can watch the loons games with you. Those are so late usually, but I think there's one coming up that's not. Yeah, the uh, Sounders game on the yep. 18th of July. That's uh, 10 p- 8 p.m. my time. Yeah. Well, that's real early. I think we're going to that one. Oh, nice. As as long as. Oh God! Don't don't be that. Ju- You've never seen the loons win. With the Wonder Wall, right? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I've seen the Loon six times since 2019. No, that's not even true. I think I've only been there four, and they drew all four of them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. Okay. I don't I mean, know what's I'll, up with I'll take, I'll take a draw against the Sounders. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that probably is true. But no, I... I want to sing Wonderwall. If my first singing of Wonderwall is against the Sounders, that's all for the better. Hoping yep. to be at that game. Sweet as. All right. Well, hey, guys, if you're American, which almost all of you that listen are, happy 4th of July. If you're not, hopefully the fireworks don't uh, keep you up. <laughs> if you're a dog owner, hopefully it's not too rough of a day. Or if you have little kids, hopefully it's not too rough of a night. But. Yeah, guys, until next time, pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Peace out. Peace.